0: Hello welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Lizlin on the Twitters.
1: And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters.
0: And he is risen, by which we mean John Legend, uh... Uh, we ben and, ben and I and the rest of the TV team watched a Jesus Christ Superstar last night and we're not talking about it but for some reason I felt like mentioning it because hey, that was a thing that happened it seemed pretty cool, you seem to like it a lot yeah, it was well done Yeah, good for you guys, good for you NBC for figuring out that perhaps when you have live performers performing a live musical you should have a live audience watching and reacting to them
1: yeah, there was some there was some debate about that on the Twitters as I saw. Considering uh, not everyone seemed to be as enthusiastic about the audio quality as we were, but uh, but hey,
0: it definitely fluctuated from time to time. But hey, it was it was a fun time.
1: And Those I'm commercials were the the real problem. <laughs> like good God, good good John Legend, they really broke things up quite a bit. Like I, I don't think there's any way around it. I don't even think there's a, a sponsor wealthy enough to to you know pay two for two and a half hours yeah to two and a half hours of nbc nonstop even well even if, without the commercials maybe it was an hour and a half like even then no they're making too much money on that thing so right
0: well it's it's not really related to our topic of conversation except for the part where i feel like we're seeing you know we're seeing the kind of the baseline assumption that lib, you know the media the television that we watch on a regular basis and popular formats is inherently liberal um, and it's been happening in a couple of different respects. Uh, in it's been happening in a couple of different respects recently. Uh, most most notoriously uh, with the premiere of Roseanne on uh, ABC. And Ben, you gave Roseanne a pretty positive review, and I remember liking it as well.
1: No, right? I did not. You did not. I gave it a pretty negative review.
0: Really, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, I didn't, I maybe didn't read it.
1: That's okay, Liz, there's far too much content in the world, we let alone on our We review eight shows a day, yeah. so. Yeah, no, it, I, don't, I don't hold it back, I hold it against you at all. Uh, but, but I will no.
0: read it, but for those who didn't, maybe also are like me and are terrible people, um, What was, what was your kind of baseline thought?
1: Uh, my baseline problem with Roseanne was that it just wasn't funny. Um, it was oh, not, sitcoms
0: have to be funny now. They Jeez. I mean,
1: sitcoms sitcoms that have a live audience laughing at jokes that aren't funny do have to be funny. Um, the and it it bothered me that they did not seem to be all that interested in, in doing anything out of the ordinary. Everyone who seems to be and there, there's been comments on all sides of this, so mm-hmm. I'm going to focus this on the people who are. Uh, positively receiving Roseanne because of the political discourse it's bringing up, or at least kind of the, the advocacy, quote unquote, for, um, uh, you know, low-income families who are dealing with, you know, healthcare issues. To me, they, they brought that up and they let it go. They did not engage with the topic at all. So to, to say that that's some sort of efficient commentary or assessment is completely off base. I actually really liked Eric Cohn, our deputy editor's Take on on the on the Roseanne premiere when he wrote about how uh, the the politics of it are not quite what you are made to believe that they're a lot more complicated and that the uh, the 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 presentation of how these people are living is much more of a criticism of you know, Trump and and the current state of America than it is some sort of weird support system for those people out there who are going through it. Um, and I think that relates kind of to what we're mainly going to be talking about today. But I, yeah, in essence, the show itself to me is just very lazily done. And it's embodied by Roseanne's performance, which is terrible. Like, I'm I'm amazed that people aren't talking more about the fact that her timing is really off. That her reactions to people are early. Like she's she you can see her in the scenes looking at John Goodman and preparing to say her line before he even gets his out. Like she's thinking in her head, what's next? Oh, it's this, I'm already there. She's way ahead, she's off. And that applies to a lot of the cast. The only ones who really seem to be carrying their weight are the ones who have been acting since Roseanne went off the air, acting consistently. Lori Metcalf, John Goodman. They've been they, they're very strong in this, but everybody else is off.
0: I feel like even like uh, John Goodman was a little like shaky, especially like in the first episode. It's just uh-huh. like he, like he doesn't remember how to be on a sitcom anymore, which uh, is such a specific rhythm.
1: But that was almost that was almost invigorating to me because at least he was trying. Like at least he was in the moment as it was happening. Right. He wasn't necessarily the most consistent presence, but. <laughs> John Goodman's Dan has always been just a little bit off kilter anyway, so it kind of played into an aging version of him in a way that it was acceptable to me. Whereas with Roseanne, if she's somehow just supposed to be aging and off, then her acting choices are so obvious that it ruins it. Like, she's too conscious of what's going on to be some just kind of ditzier, older version of Roseanne now. So, you know, Roseanne the show and Roseanne Barr, uh <laughs> they're they're two somewhat separate conversations. It's it's separating the art from the artist again, and then the concern just becomes, you know, being aware of the voice that's creating this show enough to understand whether or not that voice is uh let's say a sane human being. Um a a a a conscious uh human who can kind of take in news study it uh and break it down with efficiency and and basically be some sort of a trustworthy person out in the world right and then you have you have to kind of balance that with what actually shows up on screen and again i don't think that what's showing up in roseanne right now is all that dangerous like the the point you make about uh about you know, middle class Americans voting for Trump. Lower class. Lower lower class Americans voting for Trump. The, I don't feel like Roseanne the show engages with that issue overtly. Mm-hmm. I know that the premiere was a lot about Trump and and a lot about Roseanne and and her sister being torn apart by this election, and you know the show is very ready to embrace the role of representing a wide swath of America, but that's all off screen. Like that's all stuff that's that's happening. Uh, out in the world that we're kind of putting upon it or Roseanne is putting upon her show in the show itself it's just a family who's dealing with stuff and they again like the the idea that they That they settle their differences and they're just like, it doesn't matter is like the big resolution of the election is so problematic and horrible unto itself. Like the fact that that Roseanne and her sister make up and are okay because they're basically just like, well, you know, let's just forget about it. Like, who cares? It's not that big. We're just voting for people. We're just electing. It doesn't matter. Like, that's insane. Um, But the rest of it is something that you have to be aware of, if only to make sure that it's not bleeding into the show uh, overtly, mm-hmm. I, 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 as much as I didn't like Roseanne, as an as a episode, as three episodes of television in its revival, I, I don't think its politics are the problem right now. I think her politics are beyond a problem, but yeah. I don't think the shows are on the same level.
0: Do you think the show would be better if it was engaged with politics in a more direct and more no, real fashion?
1: absolutely not. I don't—well, I I think if they prove themselves able to have that conversation, then sure, but right. they have not. And now we're digging—
0: You don't feel like they were pulling their punches?
1: I don't—I think if you're pulling your punches, you have a punch to throw. They don't have a punch to throw. They're just throwing out their arms. Like, they're just saying, this is here— this is our reality. This is what we're dealing with. And there's something admirable about having that reality conveyed on television, but to say they're commenting on it is not that that does not feel applicable to me. Um, so no, I, I just I don't think that they need to engage with it unless that they properly can. And that's when you enter into the discussion of, okay, well, if they're going to actually engage with it, if they're gonna start, you know, Uh, putting ideas out there in terms of solutions or legitimate political arguments then you have to start worrying about the fact that Roseanne Barr is going to be behind those arguments and then you have to start looking at who is delivering these messages
0: yeah I mean if to be be fair uh, Sarah Gilbert it's worth mentioning uh, who plays uh, Darlene on the show and is an executive producer and is a very liberal voice uh or a very very liberal in her politics, one presumes, like has come out very firmly in saying, like, you know, we really want it, we really she doesn't she feels like people should give it more of a chance before they really condemn it and think about it probably perhaps on the level you are, which is always a fun thing to ask the American people to do.
1: Well it's 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 tough because when you have a show that's this big of a success right off the gate, you're gonna invite certain examinations of the people who are creating it, especially when it's a figure like Roseanne Barr. Um, but I totally believe what Sarah Gilbert said and, and what seems to be the line and that they're not going to talk about Trump. Like, they're not going to mention his name on future episodes. They're not going to dig into those issues. I don't think they need to because their priority is going to be ratings. And they're going to keep having that controversy surround the show because of Roseanne Barr, right. not because of Roseanne – or the topics on Roseanne.
0: Yeah. One thing is worth. Uh, I feel like uh, some people online have mentioned also uh, "One Day at a Time" as a really great counter example of the, of this sort of show because "One Day at a Time" doesn't also mention Trump, to best of my knowledge. Um, it doesn't. It did. It, it it meant, but it's very engaged with the political atmosphere right now, especially as it pertains to immigrants, um, immigrants and people who have no, who are not white, and uh, as a result. <clears throat> It is a very political show in some respects, but not in a way that makes you uncom- Makes you think about the voting box. It makes you think about the way in which our elected officials legitimately can and will change our government over time, um, and how that's why the voting box matters. But what you know, on, the, on the day-to-day ground level, this is the sort of stuff we need to be acknowledging. Like it's not just him versus her. It's you know ideologies and ideologies and attitudes and all that. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's something that's, you know, like the fact that, like the one thing Trump has been really good about doing, sorry to be this is so political, and I'm so sorry. Uh, but the one thing that Trump has done really well in his first two uh, years of uh, his administration is uh, appoint judges. Um, his his uh, Justice Department has done... It's not, it's not. It's not that. That's not the the justice part. I sound like an idiot. Um, no, you don't.
1: But it's you're. We're getting into some.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're getting into the hairy territory.
1: That's gonna make yeah. me very angry. But yes, you're 100 okay. right so far. <laughs> what? He has been very good at it. It is possibly the greatest threat to our democracy. it, yeah. it God, I'm gonna stop.
0: Yeah. Okay. Where? But point. You look. Look it up if you want to th- flip over a table like Ben's moments away from doing. Um. But yeah. Like. Anyways. But I think like it's it's always I don't know I feel like I'm more conscious of it than I used to be in terms of like you know do I do I feel like a creator's politics is behind the scenes and everything um, I sometimes I notice it sometimes I don't but uh, I remember recently I saw I went to a screening of 24 Legacy like three weeks after the 2016 election and the executive producers of that show. Whose names I'm blanking on, uh, but they do—they are kind of notably conservative in their politics. And yes, Twenty Four Legacy did have—you know—have a groundbreaking uh, black lead uh, with Corey Hawkins, who was great. Uh, and Miranda Otto played the head of CTU, and we love Miranda Otto, right? Yes. Good. Um, but I just remember watching it and feeling like this is all about how immigrants are bad and how we need to be afraid of them and they will blow us up or do other things to us and not just uh, not just uh, Muslim immigrants all the immigrants Ben
1: oh yeah no I was I was 100% on board with your take on that and it's one of those things where I feel like that show is something that is meant to be somewhat of an innocuous action thriller and it's just done so badly that all of the cultural climate surrounding it you know we invite that into the story we're watching because of the timing of it all and that Contributes to why it's not very well done. Yeah. Um, But your point about one day at a time is so on the nose because you use the crucial word of engaged. They engage with these issues and they do it very effectively. In almost every episode of that show, they create an incredible argument or they create a poignant uh, portrait and, and, and thus an understanding of a situation to help steer a conversation in the right direction and obviously I agree with a lot of what's going on in one day at a time I agree with a lot of those issues so it's easy for me to look at that and buy into it and be like oh that's so beautiful I hope that resonates beyond you know this show and beyond just me and reaches a ton of people but it's creating last thing. it's creating a dialogue that is important and I feel like I feel like if there was a comparable, Show for conservatives. I don't think there one could exist for Trump because he's just a, a wretched human being who is evil, and creating an argument for that would never be sustainable. But you know, a, a, a Republican argument, a, a, a counter to um, you know the to you know fiscal responsibility and and social issues, and et etc., et like small go- exactly like all that stuff. If there was a show that wanted to engage with those issues and make a thorough argument and create you know, characters and and settings to, you know, evoke a discussion that we could have in the culture outside of television, uh, that would be a tremendous thing to do.
0: Yeah, I feel like there are a couple of pilots I've heard mention of that might be kind of trying to be what you're suggesting um, in the future, but... Sure, they're coming. Uh, like there was de- there was a Alec Baldwin show, which was like the gimmick. Of course, there is Alec Baldwin. Of course, is famously very liberal, though, kind of often his own little Roseanne-esque island these days. Um, not to drag more names through through the mud, um, but yeah, uh, I feel like there's. I think that one got kind of put on hold because Alec Baldwin dropped out. But that were, there's definitely like there's definitely concepts floating around right now in that respect. So we'll see we'll see what happens uh when pilot season wraps up and we start getting uh start getting screeners and all that um but i mean it's it's something it's i think like, the most important thing and it's i think the most important thing that we've always preached is uh, preached uh, sorry that john, jesus christ really got to me i guess um jesus yeah. christ superstar
1: jesus christ john
0: jesus christ john um but I think the thing we've always kind of tried to espouse is the idea of communication and listening and, you know, making, you know, you know, being, being conscious and aware of what's being said. And on, so as long as we can do that to some degree, like the conservative version of, of one day at a time, whatever that show might be like, I would, I would be interested in it. I just don't know. Like you said, I don't know what it looks like or if it's possible, Yep. but maybe, maybe we'll be proven wrong. Who knows? In the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week?
1: Um, Paterno, probably.
0: I liked it, too.
1: Yeah, the, the new HBO film P- uh, Paterno about the uh, disgraced Penn State football coach Joe Paterno starring uh, the one and only Al Pacino. Um, It's another really sneaky Barry Levinson joint, you guys. Like, Levinson made The Wizard of Lies uh, last year for HBO, and I really felt like a lot of people, maybe it was too understated uh, to be as effective as I felt it was, but um, I really feel like he's an expert in constructing constructing narratives that kind of uh, isolate information and dispense it very steadily but slowly throughout the picture until at the end you kind of get the whole portrait all at once uh it's like he's unveiling a literal portrait and you're just seeing little corners like appear all of a sudden and then at the very end suddenly it all just comes together and paternal is one of those things where uh, i feel like because it was uh, so scrutinized at the time, like, because it was such a huge story and a lot of people paid attention to it, um, if you were one of those people who did, then you're going to have a better understanding of these little moments uh, going in than somebody who maybe was just kind of a a passive observer. Uh, But either way, it's an incredibly well-constructed film, and Al Pacino is, again, fantastic. I mean, he just... He's so good when he dials it back, guys. Like, when he really settles into his character uh, instead of, you know, shouting and yelling and barking at people, um, which can be effective, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, I, I mean, the low key Al is just great. So, that's on Saturday night, HBO.
0: I kind of love a quiet. Like, I love how quiet a Barry Levinson movie can be, like, and how, like, he really he really does let those kind of moments sink in like wag the dog i think is like a brilliant example of that
1: yeah and wag the dog uses kind of comedy in the same way like Mm -hmm. it uses little jabs of comedy to to stick you and then all of a sudden you are you know bleeding to death by the end but (laughs) uh but yeah i mean the thing about paterno which i shouldn't overlook is it is an intense movie and it is a fast movie it's like an hour and 40 minutes whereas i'm pretty sure the wizard of lies was longer right um i think it was over two but this one's this one is booking it and it feels that way because you just get so caught up in it if anything they could have turned this into a miniseries and spent a lot of time with a lot of other people but it holds true to the title focuses on Turno, and
0: works and for the record as someone who like was like was aware that something terrible was happening in, in in State College, and definitely heard about the riots at one point. Um, but as someone who someone with very little knowledge of otherwise, like I didn't know about the you know de- the very the very gritty details that really made a huge played a huge factor in the case. It was it was genuinely fascinating for me as well.
1: Yeah, it should be. It should. I think it should work for a lot of people. But Wiz. Uh, other than Paterno, what was the best thing you watched last week?
0: I can finally talk about it. Lost in Space rocks. I mean, I still need to finish a few. I still need to finish, like, the last two episodes. But Lost in Space, uh, Netflix's big, big budget adaptation of uh, the original nineteen sixty series, it's... It is kind of it is a little simplistic to say it's like Battlestar Galactica the remake versus uh, to in comparison uh though like their comparisons are definitely there to be made uh for example Dr. Smith is recast as Parker Posey which is brilliant um and there's a lot of there's a lot of it's it definitely holds together a lot if anyone was worried about it, it definitely holds together it it grips you in a really intense way um, my biggest problem with the show is that um, it, without without going into spoilers, like there's a good reason for why um, the Robinsons want to leave planet Earth. Um, it's a big part of the show's a big part of the show's narrative. Um, and my favorite parts of the shows were the flashbacks to prior to them leaving Earth, which is always a problem for me. I feel like I'm kind of a flashback addict sometimes, especially when a show kind of starts in media res. Um, point is. Aside from the part where I wanted more flashbacks and more stuff on Earth, uh, I thought it was a re- I thought it was really interesting, and uh, the embargo lifted today, so I can talk about it. Uh, I, we'll, we're still planning, I think, our coverage on it, uh, but it's a really interesting show, and I think uh, I think people I think if, I think people will enjoy it, especially the fact that I'm I'm guessing it's like not beyond TV fourteen for sure. Um, and I think it could be comfortably watched by a somewhat younger audience. So I think like it's a really good example, though, of like the kind of legit all the family can watch this show if they're into this sort of thing. Like it's not played cutesy at all, really. Even like the fact that like one of the main characters is a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old boy, he's treated very much like an adult, um, which is kind of really interesting in context. So i mean yeah i i'll be interested to see if ben agrees with me i'm sure there will be things that we 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 may or may not agree on this one but i found it really compelling yeah
1: uh it looks looks strong i'm excited to see it mainly after you talk about it like that was that was the biggest selling point i've seen uh from both the trailer and Stills and any other information that's kind of leaked out there, your reaction is far and away the most encouraging aspect of it. So, um, <laughs> what you're saying
0: is the trailer disappointed you? It's
1: fine. It's yeah, just fine. It's not
0: a great trailer. Yeah, like I, I, I feel like, it, like the first scene is a great approach. I like yeah. the first scene a lot. It,
1: it, it worries me more. Like it worried me that it was going to be a four quadrant show. It worried me that uh, they might have been just seeming a little too uh, ready to make a blockbuster version of, of, because that's what they're looking for these days. They want more. Uh, they want more four quadrants, but, um, but no, I'm I'm very excited to see it now that uh, now that you've given it the stamp of approval.
0: Well, hopefully, hopefully this is not yet another instance of me giving my stamp of approval to something and you, disliking it, and once again feeling less and less like I have any taste whatsoever. No,
1: that doesn't happen.
0: Ever, never. What's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh,
1: I would say that I'm looking forward to Howard's End, but that's actually more of a cheat because I've started watching it, and it's really good. So I will say that I'm looking forward to Killing Eve, um, both of which premiere on Sunday as you're listening to this. Killing Eve uh, is created by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, though it is very, very different from her wonderful Amazon dark comedy,
0: Fleabag. (laughs) I would say, I would say dark comedy. Uh, That I
1: hope is coming back soon, but... Uh,
0: 2019
1: no. uh, This one stars Sandra Oh And Sandra Oh is great And it's on the BBC And it's, well, BBC America um, Yeah But uh, but yeah, I actually don't know much more about it And I don't want to So don't tell me, Liz I'm going to dig into those screeners shortly uh, Review will be up in time for the weekend It's gonna be fun, you guys Phoebe Waller-Bridge Do whatever you want
0: Indeed uh, I was all I was gonna say was I feel like I feel like Sandra Oh does not get appreciated for just how good she is, and I think part of it is like she spent so many years on Grey's Anatomy, and while that was a great role for her and clearly helped ensure her ensure her ability to do whatever the fuck she wants for the rest of her life, um, I definitely feel like it's like she is so good at so, playing so many different kinds of characters as we've seen over the years, like especially in her indie work. Um, that I, I really like I'm really excited for her to like start doing like more smaller projects like more short short term projects like this so that we can really build up a good solid Sandra O oh appreciation as a society.
1: I mean I will always remember her as the woman who beat the shit out of Thomas Aiden Church with her motorcycle helmet and sideways. <sighs> She's so, so
0: good in that um, it.
1: it's hard not to love Sandra oh.
0: I was just rewatching that. Yeah yeah Way uh, to go Santro.
1: Liz, what are you looking forward to?
0: Oh man. Um this is a this is kind of a cheat as well mostly, but I'm saying I'm going to say I'm looking forward to watching War Legion. Um I finally just rewatched oh. the pilot. I'd seen I'd seen like an early cut of it during TCA's. Um and I'm not sure exactly. I've heard they changed a lot, but I don't remember what they changed. So I feel like I feel like I was misled. Yeah. Um, I, I
1: wouldn't say it was uh, significant alteration
0: thank you for backing me up on that um but yeah I'm looking forward to future episodes of Legion because that show be cray and it is so full of details and things that are worth appreciating on so many levels even if like a certain time at some point you just kind of feel like you have to go along for the ride you just have to be ride the Legion train just trust it
1: yeah hopefully we can hopefully we can find some time to talk about to devote an episode to that because it's uh it's a show that definitely merits discussion, um, both in terms of just sorting it out and admiring the many different qualities that make it excellent.
0: I feel like Ben, it's going to run for. Eight. It's a. I think they expanded to ten this season, right? I think. Uh, I don't. Point is, we'll definitely. I, we can definitely make time for a Legion episode. Y'all write in if you want us to do a Legion episode for sure, because you know, your opinions matter. We love your opinions. Um, but you could, if you Sometimes. want... What? Sometimes. Sometimes. We love them when you agree with us.
1: Mainly, yes.
0: Mainly. Um, but for our opinions, you can go to IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like.
1: Looks like they're doing... Are they doing 11 episodes? They might have a... Oh, no. That, that seems to be a typo. Okay. Right, anyway, um, you can also listen to all of the wonderful IndieWire podcasts, including Turn It On podcast with Michael Schneider, uh, as well as the one that started it all, Screen Talk with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson. But don't miss, or you will regret it, uh, the one and only Chris Fault, uh, Chris O'Fault Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. Uh, Chris, you know I love you. Um, everybody knows I love you. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're improving society you're really just quite. by existing.
0: This is like three months of this now.
1: It's never going to stop. <laughs> Can't be enough. Oh,
0: good Chris Lord. Chris O'Fault. Never enough, Chris O'Fault.
1: God Amongst Men. Yeah. <laughs> He is my Jesus Christ superstar.
0: <laughs> We've seen like three different Jesus Christ superstars so far today.
1: He's the best, though.
0: <laughs> you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. You
1: can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlit. That's with an I and an E.
0: Correct. We will be back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and as always, keep watching television. <laughs>